0: Episode 74 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on April 18th, 2018. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, Eric Musco is going AFK. I'll tell you why and what that means for news and information while he's gone. Knights of the Fallen Empire was released in 2015 and it brought sweeping changes to the game. Was it a grand experiment or was Fallen Empire meant to be a blueprint for all future content? I'll share my thoughts on this later in the show. And with that, it's time to make the jump to lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to Episode 74 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. As always, let's start with some announcements for the Old Republic. It's been another quiet week, and things are about to get a lot quieter. If you haven't heard, Community Manager Eric Musco is going AFK for a bit. He's getting married and will be on his honeymoon. While he's gone, Keith and Charles will take up the mantle of passing news and information along to us. So, in other words, don't expect much in the way of news and information while Eric is gone. A huge congratulations to Eric and his soon-to-be wife. Just because Eric is gone doesn't mean the engine stops running. As a reminder, on May 1st, Game Update 5.9 will be released. It has the conclusion to the Theron story and a whole lot more. I'll review it all in detail next week. And finally, the Rackgool Plague is happening on Alderaan this week, which means you can now recruit Dr. Loken. If you don't have him as a companion, now is the time to get him. Well, that's all the announcements I have for this week. Let's slice the holonet and get to the news. I don't have much in the way of news this week. I was out of town most of last week and haven't gotten a chance to complete Tatooine for my story project, so I don't have that for you today. What I'd like to do is talk about the Star Wars The Old Republic that could have been. As you know, Eric and Charles did a couple of interviews recently, and in their interview with Volk, Charles said something interesting about plans they had for story and companions, plans that have since been scrapped, but may have been a blueprint for all future story in Star Wars The Old Republic. Log on to Star Wars The Old Republic today and you'll find players engaging in a variety of new activities. Some go head-to-head fighting to cap turrets in the Yavin 4 warzone, others gather their friends to take on the evil machinations in the Gods for the Machine operation, guilds compete against one another in galactic conquest, and those that prefer to go it alone spend time decorating the latest strongholds, replaying their favorite stories, or reuniting with their long-lost companions. That's what developers brought to the game in 2017, it was a return to the game's MMO roots and a renewed focus on group content, and more of the same is on the way for 2018 and beyond. It wasn't that long ago, though, that Star Wars The Old Republic was headed down a much different path, one that focused on delivering lots of story and single player content, and one that was set to pave the way for all future content. It all began in 2015 with the release of Knights of the Fallen Empire. The game's fifth expansion was a paradigm shift that didn't just change the way we approached story, it changed the way we approached the entire game. In the days leading up to Fallen Empire's launch, Jesse Skye, the creative director for the game at that time, had this to say about their goals for the expansion. When we began conceptualizing Knights of the Fallen Empire, the story was our first priority. We decided very early on that we wanted to get back to our roots as a Bioware role-playing game. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is the game that made me want to work for Bioware. It showed me just how immersive cinematic storytelling can be. In its best moments, Star Wars The Old Republic captures the same magic, but we want the whole experience to feel that way. That's why we're revisiting the early gameplay experience to focus entirely on the story, in addition to crafting a brand new epic storyline. That early gameplay experience Jesse refers to is the leveling experience from 1 to 50. The leveling curve was streamlined, allowing players to get from 1 to 50 by only completing their class story and selected planetary story arcs. Side missions in those annoying bonus series were made optional. In fact, those missions were hidden from players and those wishing to play that content were required to manually turn them on from an option in the world map. Not only was the leveling curve adjusted, but a new system called the Planetary Level Sync was added to prevent players from out-leveling content and encourage them to complete the stories they were working on. This system also allowed the developers to convert existing daily areas and planetary heroic missions into content that could be completed by max-level characters part of a plan for end-game players that involved recycling all of the game's existing operations and flashpoints and tuning them for max level. Likewise, several of the game's flashpoints, such as the Battle for Illum, The Foundry, and Maelstrom Prison, were given solo modes so players could experience the story without needing a group. In fact, virtually all of the new content that was added in Knights of the Fallen Empire was designed for solo players. There were star fortresses, a solo type of flashpoint, and the Eternal Championship, a gladiatorial arena where players would take on a variety of bosses of increasing difficulty. There was a new war zone on the planet Edessen, but for all intents and purposes the game's MMO content was put into maintenance mode. The real focus of Knights of the Fallen Empire was its episodic story that would be told in sixteen chapters. The first nine chapters were available upon release, and chapters ten through sixteen would be made available over an eight month period starting in January of 2016. Supplementing the main story were alliance alerts where players could recruit companions to aid them in their cause. And there it was, Knights of the Fallen Empire had laid down the foundation for all future content. It was the first part of a larger plan to deliver a monthly cadence of Star Wars stories. According to creative director Charles Boyd, The original plan was that we would have a trilogy of Knights of Expansions, focused on dealing with Valkorion and his eternal empire, with episodic chapters between them. The major story beats would occur in the expansions, while the episodic chapters would be just that, episodic, mostly standalone beats focused on returning companions and side stories. And it was working, at least until it wasn't. The story was wildly popular, and according to Charles Boyd, numerically speaking, Knights of the Fallen Empire and Knights of the Eternal Throne were our most successful expansions by a very significant margin. Despite the success, the Knights of Story never became a trilogy and instead was condensed to nine additional chapters after Fallen Empire. They were told in the game's current expansion, Knights of the Eternal Throne. As to why the change, again, here is what Charles Boyd had to say. The overall storyline was cut down by more than a third so it could play out more quickly, while simultaneously introducing more choices and consequences. Companion returns had to be put on the back burner to achieve these changes, and my original plan to do entire chapters for each of them just aren't feasible at this point. So we are currently working on plans to get them back as expeditiously as possible. If I sound a little sad about that part, in particular, I am, but I think it's perfectly reasonable that folks are out of patience on that one. Bioware didn't just streamline the story. With the Iocath storyline that's set to conclude on May 1st, they reverted back to some of their old storytelling styles. Instead of chapters, the majority of that story is being told through a series of flashpoints. As to why that is, it turns out that pacing was only one of the reasons why Bioware decided to condense the Knights of Story. Something wasn't right, and players weren't as happy as the numbers suggested. Soon after Knights of the Eternal Throne was released... Players began angrily assaulting Bioware for abandoning the MMO aspects of the game. The developers soon realized that, like Luke and Leia escaping the Death Star, they had taken a wrong turn. Bioware marshaled itself and swung across the chasm back to safety, where they began creating the type of content that drew many players to take their first step into the larger world of Star Wars The Old Republic operations, flashpoints, guild activities, PVP, and even galactic starfighter. Each of these systems garnered attention in 2017 and continued to do so in 2018. In a recent interview with fellow Bioware influencer Volk, Charles Boyd talked about their original concept for story chapters and the reason why they scrapped it. We had a plan for the game, which was do a chapter a month indefinitely, Um which is how I would have intended to bring all the companions back over time. Right. You know, Most of them, there were a number that we did as Alliance alerts already. Um, but especially romance characters, um, I would have preferred to release them in chapters if we had continued doing chapters. Um, but as a, you know, team, as a business, as a, you know, design philosophy, uh, we moved away from chapters, you know, wanted to focus on a broader, uh, uh, set of content releases that we do over time, rather than being so laser focused only on story. Um, it's honestly, it's better for the health of our game as a business uh, overall, and uh, it's you know I think better for the community because more people are getting the things they want. Changes were made so they could focus on a broader set of content releases rather than being so laser focused on story. The numbers may have been fine, but story is just one reason why people play Star Wars: The Old Republic. In the end, Knights of the Fallen Empire turned out to be a successful failure. The episodic stories were wildly popular, but they came at the expense of new content for almost every other area of the game. Bioware has shifted their development efforts on a more traditional track, think Shadow of Rebin, but whether they can deliver that content in a timely manner remains to be seen. If the gods from the machine operation is any indication, they still have lots of obstacles to overcome. One thing I think we can all agree on is that we play this game because we love Star Wars and we love MMOs. For Star Wars The Old Republic to be anything but those two things is a grave mistake. Before I go today, I wanted to talk about one more thing, and that's the old macro binocular in Seeker quest lines that were introduced with Rise of the Hutt Cartel. A couple of weeks ago, a new listener, who goes by at ncnash07 on Twitter, reached out to me and said, Started listening to your podcast today, and I must say, it's rekindled my interest in SWOTOR. Have they made any changes to the macrobinocular quest chain? I replied back to him that other than how the missions are affected by the planetary level sync and companion changes, they're still the same. He replied, Bummer. I have an altar too stuck on the final group quest for the Shroud. Last time I tried, it didn't work out, people not cooperating, and finding interest. Perhaps with a server merge, I might find some folks looking to do it. Now I realize that I just did an entire segment on how BioWare saw the light and ditched plans to abandon MMO and group content in order to deliver more story and create a more solo-friendly environment. So yeah, the irony is not lost on me that I'm about to complain that a fun piece of group content is not solo-friendly. The macro-binocular storyline is the Shroud story, and it's particularly good. Back then, and certainly now, the majority of the missions could be done solo. It wasn't until the end that you truly needed a group. The final mission absolutely requires a group, as there are things that need to happen simultaneously, and you can't do them by yourself. The problem is that it is difficult, if not impossible, to find a group to complete this quest. It's not enough to find three random people willing to help you out, but pretty much everyone in the group needs to be at the same point in the mission. Maybe not for the final mission, but I believe that's the case for the giant jumping mission on Nar Shaddha. Speaking of that mission, regardless of whether they make it soloable, at the very least they need to change the spawn point when you die. And you will die on this mission. I was curious to see if I could do it solo, and was shocked to see how far away from the instance I spawned after I died. I didn't continue after that. Other quests like the End of Torvix and the Aurora Cannon have been modified so that you can complete them solo, and as much as the game needs group content, I think it's time for the macro binocular in Seeker quests to get the same treatment. I don't think anyone will complain if that were to happen, and if Bioware is worried about that, then maybe make that change in conjunction with a new operation. Final note for today, the cartel market sale has come and gone of of course the store isn't shut down and there are still cool items to be found such as the cybernetic veractyl. i hope you found some things you were looking for i thought it was pretty good i just wish they had done half price unlocks as well overall i thought it was pretty good and i look forward to the next one and final final note for today quick correction from earlier the Rackgul event is on corelia this week not Aldron. you can still get dr loken though he just requires the event That's going to wrap it up for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving, oh, I don't know, another 20 minutes listening to episode 74 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 75, probably on or around April 24th. Until then, remember the Sith code, Kate, is alive.